Hey, what's up, folks? Welcome to another week. This is the Live Life Aggressive Show. Sincere Hogan on this side of the microphone. On the other side of the mic, got my man Mike Mahler. What's going on, my man? Oh, I'm doing really good, man. You know, it's been it's been a really interesting weekend. We had a great UFC, which we'll talk about after we talk to our guest today. And then on Sunday, we both got some disheartening news from right. a good friend of ours, our friend Jace Nyborg, who was on the show last year. He's a fitness guy. Very inspirational story about how he was basically homeless and then turned his life around and had a, a, a emerging successful business. He was ascending his fitness business. And then he gets some horrible news that he has cancer. Didn't he go in for a checkup? Yeah, he was training. Yeah, he was training um, kettlebells. I think he was training long cycle. And, you know, that drop coming down the chest. So I yeah. think he thought that he had bruised his sternum as he was doing the drop. And he started to feel like a pain, if I remember the story right. So he went in and got it checked. And, you know, at the time, the doctor's kind of like trying to understand what long cycle was and all this. And, you know, it's funny. On a, on a funny note, the nurses were telling him when they saw the video, they were like, oh, my God, that's barbaric. <laughs> so, but then, you know, once the diagnosis came back, man, they found out it wasn't coming from kettlebell training and the drop from long cycle that was causing the pain in the sternum. It was actually a tumor that was between his sternum and his heart. And that's what they discovered. So come to find out he was diagnosed with cancer from that tumor. And the tumor kind of spread a little bit. So as of right now, the time that we're recording this, um, I think today he starts, um, he gets his biopsy starting today. So today is like when the fight really starts, you know, and they kind of give a prognosis from all the other tests that they've done for the last couple of days. So now it's about to get real. And um, so, you know, man, we just, you know, one thing about it, when I heard that, I mean, I think everyone listening to this show has some way, somehow been touched by that bitch cancer. Some way, somehow. And like I was telling you, Mike, in the email, she's like, you know, she spreads just like freaking typhoid Mary and she needs to be put down. <laughs> That's how I see it, man. I mean, you know, I've, I lost my father to cancer. And so it, it gets very personal for me. And so this is like the second friend I've had in the last six months within my small circle. You know, the people I can say are friends, man, who are like below, I mean, younger than 35. Who've had to deal with this? Would have to deal with cancer. So it's she. She doesn't care anymore. It's, it's no longer. It's, it's never been. But it's really not a disease of people who are in older populations, man. It, she doesn't give a damn anymore. So just it just yeah, really hit me. I have some speculation on why that is, which I won't get into because that's too much of a that's too long a story. But I am looking into getting a variety of different cancer experts to come on the show down the line. So we'll get some different perspectives. So that hopefully we can help some people out, give you different options out there, because chemo is not the only option. I won't get into it too much, but there, there's a lot of other options that are emerging that are very exciting. Exactly. So anyway, that's something we'll look into. But what so, we're doing for Jace right now is his sister set up a GoFund page. Jace is a proud guy. He's not going to come to us and ask nah. for money, even though he's got three kids, he's got a wife, and this business was supporting everything. But obviously he had to shut down the business. He can't train people while he's going through this. So while the bills are piling up – Money is not coming in. Right. So his sister took charge, set up a GoFund page, started raising some money, and it's over $10,000 now. So it's really mm-hmm. going well. And yeah. you and I jumped in on that yesterday, the second we found out. I found out, actually, I talked to Jace, found out about the cancer. Then I found out about the GoFund page from you and immediately mm-hmm. jumped into action. And then you and I were just bouncing ideas back and forth. What can we do to help them out? And we've got a bunch of things in line. But yesterday I woke up and I said, I'm just going to email everyone who's ever been on our show people that we've had good conversations with, and just ask them to help out in any way possible, whether it's sharing the message on Facebook, Twitter, their websites, whether it's making a donation, you know, whatever it is, everything helps. And and I'm happy to say people really took charge and took action. 
And there's there's a lot of people I want to give shout outs to. Like Boss mm-hmm. Rutten's wife, Corinne, she got back to me immediately and said, No problem. Boss is traveling right now. I'm sure he'll be fine with it. We'll get it up on the website. We'll get it out there. And I know Jace is a big fan of Boss. So I think mm-hmm. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna talk to Boss about possibly giving him a phone call or maybe a video message. I think that would really light him up. Oh yeah. Uh, our friend Dr. William Wong said he's gonna mention the story on his radio show this week, bring some more awareness to it. Mike Catherwood, who was on the show recently, is going to get it out there. Some of our fitness friends, Ted Rice, took charge immediately. We've both been on his podcast. Great guy. He put it up on his page. He made a donation. Sabina Scala, great UK strength coach. She lit it up. She made a donation. Roger Cross, actor, great guy. He's going to spread the word. And he's in a great show called Dark Matter now on yeah. Sci-Fi, so check that out. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Chris Pontius, he may be a jackass on the screen, but he's uh, he's a great guy in real life. And he... he felt very strongly that he wanted to support and spread the message, ask what else he could do. And, you know, it's yeah. funny, whatever someone says, I'm going to spread the message, what else can I do? I could make a donation, <laughs> money back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What else do you think you could do? <laughs> now, I want to give a special shout-out to Dr. Peter Rouse because Dr. Peter Rouse not only is very knowledgeable about fitness and performance, he has researched cancer for the last 15 years, alternative measures. He actually lives in Switzerland now where the best information about cancer is coming out. In fact, if I were diagnosed with cancer this week, I would be moving to Switzerland in a heartbeat. Hmm. Wouldn't even think about going through the medical system here, not for a second. So anyway, another that's, that's, that's a good story for another episode. But anyway, Peter went way beyond just wanting to help out. He actually works with cancer patients for free. He doesn't charge at all, does all the consulting, makes recommendations, gets as many treatment options as he can at no cost for patients or at least at a discount. So he actually reached out to Jace and just offered to help out any way he can, basically awesome. treating him. So he's, Peter's a really stand-up guy. That was really nice of him. And Charles Poliquin, Patrick Gognon is his assistant. Mm-hmm. I reached out to him, and he said, no problem. We'll get it on Charles' page immediately. So that's happening this week. Vince McConnell, our good friend, he's definitely helping out. Freddie Malball, lead singer of the New York City hardcore band Malball, he's helping out. Michael Friedman, who we had last week, psychologist, mm-hmm. great guys helping out. Ian King, Ori Hoffmeckler. Also a special acknowledgement to Ian King because Ian said, I want to help out, but I want to I want to know exactly what I can do to help out. So just <laughs> give, me, give me his information. I'm gonna talk to, I want to talk to him and his wife assess the situation and then I'll know exactly what I can do to help out. And that's cool nice. because that wasn't him just saying, well, let me just share this on Twitter and then get on with my day. Right. <laughs> Not to say that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. We're all busy, but he wanted to go a step beyond that. And anything else you wanted to stay on that? Yeah. I'm just saying, man, it's obvious, you know, you gotta, Jason's got to rally people behind him, man. You know, like I said, like you mentioned, He's the guy's a proud guy. You know, he's not, he's the type of guy that's not going to ask for any help. He's going to take this thing head on and just kick its ass. But we're all here for it, man. And, uh, we're going to continue to do things, you know, through the GoFundMe link, which we're going to include in the show notes. Um, but some of you, just in case you don't read the show notes, which I don't understand why you would not, some of the most entertaining things <laughs> I, you ever I, find I, on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you can go to GoFundMe.com slash Z, the number three, S H four V as in Victor. Four. Okay. I know it's not the easiest thing to remember at the end, but GoFundMe is funny like that. But, you know, I'll probably end up creating like a bud URL link as well to make it a little bit easier to remember. But again, it's GoFundMe.com slash Z3SH 
four v four. The cool thing about listening to a podcast, you can rewind that section and get it again. Okay, so it's just in case you know you don't have to worry about listening to it live. Like, oh, I missed it. So you can go over there, and hop over that GoFundMe page right now, and and anything that you can donate helps people. It's not like you have to. Oh man, I don't have I don't have a hundred dollars. I don't have a thousand dollars. I don't have five thousand. Hey man, five dollars. All this stuff goes a long way. It goes a long way. So. Again, I just say, hey, step up. I know we've all been touched by cancer one way or the other, and it's good just to throw the karma out there, man, just show cancer that you can't win, bitch. And that's how I got to say about that. Especially those of us <laughs> in the fitness industry. Here's one of our guys in trouble. Let's help him out. Yes. And even though he's not asking for money, that doesn't mean that he doesn't need it. He definitely does. Mm-hmm. And it's, the money that has been donated is going a long way. So anyway, I'm not going to keep harping on this. Let's just do what we can to help him out. Yep. All right, next, some more shout-outs before we get to our guests. <laughs> bunch of people have been using coupon code LLA to support the show so that those of you that have never supported us get to listen for free. Isn't that nice? Get to get all this information because there's a bunch of doers out there who are supporting the show with their dollars. They're buying products or they're making donations. So just a few people that have been using that coupon code LLA to get 10% off some great nutrition supplements. We got Jeffrey Herman. And think about Jeffrey. He's been using my testosterone booster for eight months. He started at a total testosterone at 220. Wow. Last test, 625. Wow. He's like, I feel a lot better. Damn right. You, yeah, so you think? <laughs> 220 is like your mind will be, you're 90 years old. I've, I've seen guys in their 80s with higher T levels than that. 220 <laughs> is abysmally low. My dad's 70, he's got 550. So anyway, 220 to 626. After eight months, that's fantastic. So thanks a lot, Jeff. Glad it's working out well for you. And he's he's a listener. He's using that coupon code. Mark Hannington, longtime customer of mine. Robert Kleinhans, Richard Taylor, David Fennell, John Wedzork, Bobby Wu, John Roberts, Mike Edmondson in China, Derek Johnson, Chris Castillo, Frank Velasquez. Frank Velasquez. I, I have a funny feeling that's actually Kane Velasquez in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Kane. We don't use the products. <laughs> but anyway, special thanks to all these great people for using that coupon code to support. And uh, what about Patreon? We got any new people on there? Uh, we do. I don't have the list of them because I've been really working on, you know, helping Jace out, man. I didn't get a chance to pull that up today. But, um, but you can go on patreon.com slash LLA podcast, become a monthly supporter of the show, and you can also see the 30 plus i'm thinking nearly 40 now plus patreon members who support us on a monthly basis you can see that list of people right there and become one of them get your smiling face on that list as well so go on there go on patreon.com in that box where it says become a supporter where you see that one add a zero behind that one or simply start with five erase that one put a five in there or or add add, add a couple a couple of zeros maybe three how about four hell why are you talking about it five or six will work Then you become like a co-producer of the show. You become a part of the show for real. There's, there's got to be a few listeners out there with five or six zeros is no big thing. It's like, ah, here, man, take take it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, yeah, hop over to patreon.com slash LLA podcast. Become a member of the show and help us keep this thing going and growing and keep it free. We don't have to charge memberships and all this like some of these podcasts do, which aren't really worth the memberships when you think about it. <laughs> and I know they have a high turnover rate. I, you know who you are. <laughs> so, and that's one of the reasons why we can bring you great guests like the one we have today, who's been very patient. <laughs> He's the author of Take Charge, among another just litany of great books. Well respected fitness expert, walks the walk. Very inspirational because every time you see this guy, he looks better. And he's not a young dude, but he looks very young, young in spirit. 
And that's Clarence Bass. How are you doing today, Clarence? Hey, I'm doing great. You guys are really live wires. You're the kind of friends everybody would like to have. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Likewise, man. Thank you. It's great to have you on. You know, funny, it's funny, Clarence. I've been uh, thinking about your training for a while because a while back, I got back from a trip and I was sick for a while. And whenever I get sick, I, I continue my strength training as long as my respiratory system is not too bad. But I always cut out cardio. But I was just doing two workouts per week, very abbreviated, and at least three or four days in between each one. And they work really well. And it made me think about how effective your abbreviated programs are, where I believe right now you're doing one strength training program or workout per week and then one high-intensity workout. And then you're very active each day as well. You're not just sitting around watching TV in between workouts. Is that correct? That's exactly it. When, when did you start this? When did you start doing more abbreviated training? Well, actually, I first wrote about that in my book, my book, Challenge Yourself about training and doing the weight training once a week <clears throat> and I got actually after that I was doing it a little more frequently uh, three times a week but I was alternating hard days and easy days so I would alternate weights and aerobics so you do two of one one week and one of the other and then the next week you do two of the other so by alternating you keep going heavy and light But I got kind of tired of that, and I decided it would be better just to simply do two hard workouts. And that's what I'm doing now. As you said, it's one, and actually there's there's, uh, four different different workouts. There's two different weight workouts. They're both whole body weight workouts. And then there's two aerobic workouts. One involves the the, uh, Concept 2 rower and, and the Concept 2 ski erg and the other is training doing intervals and fast walking out in the foothills above our house so i'm 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 alternating between those two so each thing comes up twice a month so it's it's quite an involved deal but it works really good yeah and then you're also very active in your personal life. So I remember in your book, you and your wife, Carol, talked about how when you go to the movies, you don't just park right next to the theater. You right. park in a parking structure far away, and you're walking downstairs to get there. Then you're walking up several flights of stairs after the movie to get back to your car. That's that's just a clever thing I try to do, too. Like when I go to the right. grocery store, I always park in the very back for, for multiple reasons. One, there's no congestion back there. Right. People are lazy as hell, right? <laughs> so you park in the very back. You can just drive right out, no problem. So, no people it, walking in front of you and all that. And then I get to carry my bags all the way back. Farmers carry. Farmers <laughs> you know, and it's and it's hilarious because you'll see people circling around fifty thousand times, <laughs> passing up parking spots, fighting for that one spot that's close to the door. And at, <laughs> and at Whole Foods, just like some fitness chick or a bodybuilder gets out of the car, right? <laughs> you know? Like really? Really, really, really fit people just driving around in circles trying to find the closest spot. And they're going in to get a pizza at Whole Foods. <laughs> you know? yeah. oh, well, that's man. absolutely true. You, you can put activity in your life if you just focus on it. Right. There's been a, a new theater just a few a block, maybe an hour, mile or so from our house. It opened up, and they have special seats where you can do completely recline. You can keep moving your seats. Carol and I went there, and and I'm constantly moving the seat up and down to kind of get the blood flowing, and just because it was interesting to change positions. 
<laughs> I noticed the person next to me that didn't budge. I don't think anything, and their, even their toe didn't budge. But he just kind of thinks that way. And, and then when I, when I go to a theater, oftentimes when I stand up, it's in a regular seat. Because of my low back, I feel a little bit unstable. But I noticed when I did that, I got up, and man, I felt fine. Yeah. But if you just think about your whole life in the sense of putting activity into what you do. In fact, I've just written a, a, a new article about that. There's been a study that come in from, from the UK where they're recommending that people be active up on their feet, moving around at least two hours out of their work day and ideally heading towards four hours or 15 or 50% of their, of their time at work and talking about how to do that and the effect of it. It's really an interesting study. You can read about it on our website. Yeah, it's interesting. I have that same movie theater. Well, I don't know if it was AMC or whatever. They're all starting to implement those same seats. And I remember my wife and I went to the movies, and I was all excited about that. And I kind of did the same thing you did. I, can, I was constantly moving it. And then my wife just thought it was really weird because I ended up having it straight up. Everybody else, when they got there, they were lying back. It's like they were at home on a lazy boy. I'm like, how can you enjoy the movie when you're lying almost in a 180-degree position here? <laughs> you know, so they're sitting there with their popcorn and their big sodas or whatever, and I just sit mine straight up where it's almost in a 90-degree angle. And my wife's like, just so weird. You drive like that, and now you're sitting in the movies like that. Like, why are you not enjoying the chair? I said, I am, because watch how these people get up when the movie's over. And so then you see them kind of <laughs> – the guy next to us, this guy had to be about – I mean, first of all, I'm surprised he actually got in the seat. So, but he had a, he had like a supersized Pepsi, okay, and a big giant bucket of popcorn. I'm like, yeah, this, this one's not going to end very well. So you can just see at the end of the movie, this guy's rocking and shifting, trying to get up. And I swear, it sounded like he was giving birth when he was leaning forward to get out of the chair. And I, I was telling my wife, you might want to watch out while he's bending over like that. He just might leave you a little something, especially after that big bucket of popcorn. But it's, it's amazing that, you know, that people are not utilizing that for something other than almost going to sleep on the movie. And uh, so, I, yeah, I'm with you on that one, Clarence, keep it moving or whatever. Otherwise, that's why I like to sit on that last seat, even though it's annoying when people are coming through. They constantly, like, you have to keep moving your knees, let them by or whatever. One reason I like that, A, is for security reasons. And two, every now and then I want to stand up, especially for a long movie, for a good two and almost three-hour movie. on our website about our last talk, I said one of the interesting things is that everything I say, you guys have your own version of it. So it's kind of... <laughs> We hit everything from at least three different ways, and sometimes more. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a contrarian here. I don't get up at all when I watch movies. You know, it's two hours, man. All right, I can sit but still I for said two we're hours. We're gonna have four different ways. <laughs> just, just, just to not be all in agreement here, I'll just say that. if those seats could lean back, I would do it because a lot of movies aren't very good. I'm gonna take a nap. While, you know, I'm not trying really to pay. Like, I'm not trying to pay twelve dollars for a nap, man. Well, I, I don't pay for movies at all. I, use, I get coupons from using my American Express card for business. I haven't paid for a movie in five years. Come on, got to think smart in business. You use a business credit card for all your expenses. <laughs> Oh, no, but actually, I do what you guys are talking about on long plane rides. Yeah. Where most people, I, mean, I remember I was flying to South Africa and there was a girl in my aisle. She was in her chair for the whole 12 hour flight. That's this brutal. is from London. This is from <laughs> London to South Africa. She didn't get up once, not to use the bathroom, nothing. I was getting up every hour, probably less often, getting up, stretching, getting up, stretching. At least 50% of jet lag is just from poor circulation, yeah. just from you sitting down the whole time and your body gets stiff, circulation's poor. No oxygen going to your brain. Just get up, move around as often as possible. You can never move around enough. 
Yeah, and to, re- to reiterate what Clarence was speaking about in that study about um, trying to at least get in 50% of your day, your work day with movement, one of the things that I've implemented with my training team that we have, you know, a lot of them work at corporate jobs throughout the day, and, you know, and some of them have, like, some of the tightest backs when they first came to me, and I was just telling them about little things they can do. What I had them do is set an alarm on their phone where it goes off every hour. And during that hour, I was like, okay, when that little alarm goes off, that's your reminder to go get some water. Because it's Texas, it's hot, it's summertime, you need to be hydrated. Don't try to come to our training session and try to get all your water in during that hour or so that we're all training. It's just because it's going to be too late. You're never going to get enough during that time. So you plan catch up. So, you know, get a drink of water and then get up and move. I said, if you have to, we well, don't want to be embarrassed or whatever. Go in the restroom and do some joint mobility in there. And just, you know, especially with your neck and your shoulders, because you're sitting there, you're, you're leaning into a computer, you're humped over, you're hunched back, all that. So I said, get up, move, move your hips because you've been sitting all there. So do some joint mobility drills about five to 10 minutes, you know, on that break and come back. I said, you'll feel a lot better. And since they've been doing it, man, it's just, they've just said that, man, this is like working miracles. I said, yeah, joint mobility is not sexy. It's not the best thing in the world or whatever else to, it, from the outside looking in. But what's going on, on the inside, it pays big dividends, man. So you can't sleep yeah, on that. Actually, it's even better than that because it makes your brain work better. Yes. Getting, getting, getting brain and or getting blood and oxygen to your head. Right. I know during the day when I'm writing an article... I, I will get up and walk around, and it helps you think about it. Or go out in the neighborhood and walk. It seemed like I'm, I'm not, not even a block away, and, and everything just starts coming together. If you have the the pieces in your mind, but you can't quite get them organized, mm-hmm. going out and walk just makes your brain work better, and just helps helps line up all the all the dots. I think it's very powerful, and I feel it every day. I we have a level house so I'm able to walk all kinds of little routes Carol does the same thing but it's just almost magic it just makes you feel better makes you have more energy you think that you're burning energy and make yourself tired but it's absolutely the opposite yeah I remember you mentioned that one of your favorite joint mobility drills is to pretend you're an airplane <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> I've got a picture of that and, and in the article. That people I wrote. listening, you're like, "Oh, you making fun of Clarence?" No, I'm like, not no, funny, Clarence, folks. That's <laughs> read, in the book. Read the book. <laughs> that's in there. That, that, that same picture is online with that with the article I just mentioned to you. <laughs> it's good illustration. You know, you make make a game, make it fun. It's not just something you have to force yourself to do, like pulling teeth. Right. So it's something when you get used to it, hell, you you miss it. You want to want to do it any other way. Right. Right. <laughs> I do something that I learned from Pavel Sotsalin is exercise breaks, right? Mm-hmm. So I work at home a lot. So during the day, I'll, I'll go outside, do some pull-ups. I'll do some kettlebell overhead presses. I'll do some one-legged squats. And in, in just every hour, I'm getting up doing something, probably more often than that, probably every half hour, every 45 minutes, just getting up and doing something. Nothing that's too exerting. You know, I'm, not trained, I'm not going to failure on these sets. They're just easy. But in addition to getting up and moving around, you're getting way better at those movements, because you're developing the skill of performance. So any exercise you want to improve, you could actually apply that this year where you take an exercise break. Your mind gets way better at working with the body. You have way better performance. Exactly. I mean, that's why, you know, I keep I keep a kettlebell like right over here by my workstation. So and it's right where I can see it. So if I'm turning, especially to the door, because there's constantly stuff going on outside our door. I look to that door, that kettlebell sitting like, hey, man, it's about time you stand up and get away from the computer for a second. You know, do some swings, do some, you know, some bent over rows. 
do some presses, man, some squats, you know, and then just come right back over and get back to work. And then it's like, boom, it's just like a shot of energy where, you know, a lot of people, oh, I need more coffee. I need more coffee. I'm like, eh. Somebody, why don't you take like a quick exercise break instead of over-caffeinating yourself? I know people think, wait a minute, you're Mr. Coffee Guy. How can you say that? Well, that's because I love coffee so much, I know how to utilize it. <laughs> so there's just much, there are better things you can do for your body to help supplement and boost that energy throughout the day instead of just caffeinating yourself. Because eventually, that caffeine's not going to work anymore. It's going to have a reverse well, ca- effect. Caffeine's not energy anyway. No, right? it's not. It's, just, it's the illusion of energy. Thank you. I mean, not to say that <laughs> caffeine is bad for you, but that <laughs> mental perk is a nice feeling, but you want to actually put it into action and get some real benefits <laughs> rather than relying on that for energy. But I think also the thing is, what what is energetic about sitting down? <laughs> you know? when, I, when I'm sitting down watching a show, I'm not in a high-energy state. You're not burning any calories, so literally it's not a high-energy state. So why would you think you would have a lot of energy just sitting around all day? I mean, people are sitting around all the time and they're going, oh, I'm so tired. Why, yeah. why, why, why wouldn't you be tired? <laughs> exactly. So Clarence, here's the real question. Why, why are people so sedentary? I think we're just spoiled. We're used to finding a machine or any way that we, that we can to, to, so we don't have to exert ourselves. It's just a mindset which need to, needs to be reversed. If people thought about that, I think, and the kind of things you guys have just been talking about, they realize that, that an active life is much more productive, you're healthier, and you get more done. But, you know, they're just not being told that. That's why this study that I talked about, of course, it's, they have socialized medicine there in the UK, so the government is paying for everything, and they're trying to figure stuff that won't cost them anything. And, of course, exercise and activity is one of them. So the, you know, the countries that seem to be doing the most work in these areas are the people with the socialized medicine. Right. I guess maybe we're working on that here too, but but I think that's that's it. They just don't have it in their mind that there's any benefit to move. And their their mindset is, you know, I should I should save energy as much as I much as I possibly can, well, it, I might it, run out of energy instead of realizing you'll <laughs> yeah, right. have more energy. Exactly. Like, what are they saving energy for? Yeah, it's like, are we going to have like an energy crisis, a, a self-energy crisis one day? It's like, oh my God, all humans have run out of energy now. It's the end of the world. Like, what are they saving energy for? I saw this kid, I told you this, oh, yeah. I saw this kid with a t-shirt, and he was an overweight kid. I mean, he's not a kid, he's probably a late teenager or something like that. So anyway, he had this t-shirt that said, I'm not lazy, I'm energy efficient. <laughs> I go, you know, that's funny, but it's kind of sad at the same time that you're wearing that T-shirt. Especially <laughs> yeah. at his age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it works the same way for the brain. We used to think for a yeah. long time that the brain was like a machine, that you use it, it's going to wear out, or like a very complicated <laughs> computer. And that It's never going to get any better than it is when it's new, it's just going to get worse. Then they discovered that 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 we, that we can make new brain cells. That there's stem cells in the brain that create create new cells. Mm. So when the brain cells wear out, that you can create new ones. And that I'm I'm just writing about this now. I'm right in the middle of an, an article about the effect of exercise on the brain and how it makes develops the brain cells, but all. Also, it triggers, I think we talked about this a little bit the last time around, yeah. but it triggers connections in the brain. And there are just all kinds of studies that that have that have borne that out. And there was one where they, it was, again, in the U.K., a lot of this stuff seems to be coming from the U.K. 
where they followed middle-aged people for 30 years to see how, how much movement, how much exercise they did, and then how many developed Alzheimer's disease or dementia. And they found that the, the people that moved the most, at least two and a half hours a week, vigorous exercise, that they had 60% less less dementia, less less Alzheimer's disease. So this this pattern just being borne out more and more. If, if you think about it, the people that are moving around and being active are just from an evolutionary standpoint. They're the they're the people that Mother Nature wants to keep around because <laughs> they're productive. Yeah, and it, it's it's the it's almost an endless subject, and it just getting keeps getting better and better. The more we learn about it, and the more we're able to do MRIs and actually look in to see what's what's what part of the brain is working, what's happening to muscle cells, and just all kinds of fascinating stuff. You never run out of things to write about if you keep looking for them. Well, I can say this much. We have some listeners who are, let's just say they partake in natural supplements to aid them with their glaucoma. Okay, <laughs> we'll just put it like that. So being told that, you know, there's possible for them to actually, get, you know, rebuild brain cells, it kind of dispels everything they've ever been told about their little treatment that they use <laughs> for those certain things. I'm pretty sure they're happy to hear about this study. So that's the thing about it, man. <laughs> so, yeah, Mike, I know you're happy about that. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Brain cells are getting a lot of work, that's for sure. You know what's interesting is uh, whenever I, whenever I have like some kind of problem you're trying to solve, or there's there's a, an issue in business, or whatever it is, I always take the dogs for a long walk. Mm-hmm. This could be in the middle of the night sometimes. Sometimes I remember one time at one in the morning I was dealing with something. I was like, you know, I'm just going to go for a long walk, get out there, clear my head. You always come back with the solution. Without fail, there's always some course of action you come back with. So this whole this whole connection between movement and brain health, I believe it. Yeah, I believe it in a heartbeat. But I think somewhere along the line, people started denigrating physical activity. In other words, you had these these snobby intellectuals who are like, "Oh, I'm not going to sweat or exercise. That's beneath me. I'm an intellectual person. <laughs> I'm not, not going to demean myself doing any kind of physical stuff." And I think. I think people still look at it that way. Whenever they see someone who's fit, they're like, "Oh, that guy just—he's—he's just, he's at the gym all day. That's why he, he doesn't have a life." You know, <laughs> because people think people think that to be strong and fit, you have to be at the gym all day. That's the illusion they have. I mean, people that don't train. But on the and flip that, side of that, time, Mike, a lot of times they don't train because of that. They're like, "Well, I, I could look that way, but I don't want to spend that much time working out." And then, and then you sometimes you have these actors who have these moronic statements in interviews, right? Like Michael Chiklis, who was in The Shield. I remember when he got ready for that Fantastic Four movie. Right. I, he, I forget, he played the I forget the name of the Ben Grimm. He, he played a thing. Yeah, thing. Right. Yeah. Anyway, and, and he was in Muscle and Fitness, and they were interviewing him about his workout regimen. And he goes, "Oh yeah, I worked out three hours a day for that role." I go, "You worked out three hours a day, and you don't have one line of definition anywhere." <laughs> you know, I was like, "You need a new trainer, man. Right. You need a new workout regimen." And I think another on the flip side of that, Mike, is that. Not just seeing that, but then when people see shows like The Biggest Loser and extreme weight loss, right. when they see the pain these people go through, man, and then the punishment they're being put through just for the sake of reality TV, a lot of these people actually believe this is what's going on on a daily basis for these people. And they realize, they start thinking like, well, I don't want to go through that. I, I don't want to sit there and almost have a heart attack just from doing a workout. Like, I might as well be, I might as well stay out of shape if I'm going to get a heart attack. Why would I want to work hard, sweat, beat myself up to get the same thing I'm going to get by sitting on my butt watching this show and doing nothing? <laughs> no, I think I'll just sit here and watch TV. <laughs> like, that looks dangerous. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what that looks like. Well, it hurts. Is right from the standpoint of exercise that <laughs> that lift properly placed can be can be better. Uh, I'm reading a book called The Brain's Way of Healing, hmm. by, written by a doctor by the name of he's a psychiatrist Norman Doig, which is what I'm basing this article around that I'm just reading. And one of the has a very long, the longest chapter in there is on exercise, and he talks about a fellow from South Africa who developed Parkinson's disease. And the thinking on Parkinson's disease was that that motion made it worse, that you only your brain was only able to produce so much dopamine, and if you used it up for other things, that, that everything would just go downhill. And when he was first diagnosed with Parkinson's, he, he was very active in the gym. He was doing an hour in the treadmill, an hour of weights, and or strength training, and was doing it six days a week. And, and one of and, and and nobody told him to do this, but he just after he felt sorry for himself for a couple of years, he finally decided to do something about it. And there was a, a walking program going on in South Africa where they started them out very low level walking. 15 minutes a day at a comfortable pace, but they made it be every other day. And they wouldn't let them increase. That They had to wait at least two weeks before they increased their pace or their distance. And he got into that, and his Parkinson's symptoms started disappearing. And doctors were saying that, that you can't really have Parkinson's because it doesn't work this way. And as it has turned out, this guy developed and was first diagnosed 50 years ago. It's 50 years later, and he's almost fully normal in his functioning because he's learned how to deal with it. And exercise is a big part of that. So that's an example of a situation where less exercise properly placed will produce a better result than like you talk about in the, the yeah. uh, Biggest Losers and so on. That's a real turnoff. Nobody's going to do that. Right. Somebody ought to tell them that that's not the way to do it. In fact, it's a terrible way to do it. Yeah, what unfortunately, exactly yeah, they're, right. they're, they're just trying to chase ratings, right? This is good television. So they're trying to make exercise as dramatic as possible. And unfortunately, people don't distinguish that between reality. They think, oh, this is a reality TV show, so this is real. <laughs> and, and the reality is it's not real at all. Right. <laughs> the exact opposite of what you want to do. If you can't sustain it, then it's not going to be effective, whether it's a nutrition program, whether it's a training regimen. If you can't sustain it, then forget it. I remember Joe Rogan talked about these UFC fighters when, they, when they're when they in a camp for a fight. I mean, they take their training to a really severe level where you can only be in that, that level of conditioning for so long, like the ability to go five or five-minute rounds. You, you're not going to be in that kind of shape Five months out of a fight, you know, three months out of a fight, eight weeks preparation, you're in the zone, you're in this peak state for a while, and then if you don't let yourself rest and get out of it, you're you're just a train that's going to go off the rails. Well, it's kind of what happened with um with Robbie Lawler leading up to this right. this recent fight is um his trainer pretty much told him like, look, dude, you fought like five fights last year, take a year off, you know, have some fun, you know, and they show him like on the behind the scenes, he's playing tennis, he's just relaxing, right. taking his mind off the fight game and. Hey man, it paid big dividends again. You know, just a couple of weeks ago. You know, from the time yeah. you know that you guys are listening to this show, it paid off. You know, right. and his mindset was—you can just see his style just changed. He looked very relaxed. He wasn't as intense those first couple of rounds with Rory. You know, he was very and he was patient because you know, again, 
when you're training hard all the time, man, or whatever, and for you know a year that way, like you're training, like the like the fight is happening tomorrow, and you're doing it all year round. I mean, dude, it's kind of hard to shut your mind off that intensity to the point where you just, eventually you're just gonna collapse. It's just gonna just break down, and that's probably the reason why so many of these fighters have so many injuries during their training camps because they constantly they're not cycling or periodizing the way they're training. They're just kind of going hard, going hard because you always want to be ready because you never know when you're gonna get called up. Right. You know, so I'm just like, right. yeah, but you know what? My thing is, you know, find ways like what Clarence is speaking about right here. I mean, doing using the methods that Clarence is speaking about, I don't think is going to take away from that, especially when you just had a fight. You know, you just had a fight. Why not utilize that where you back off about a month? You know, and even if you did, you get called up three weeks later at the last minute because someone had to drop out of a fight or whatever. You just had a fight and you just had an eight week, 12 week training camp. You're good, man. I feel like you'll still be good enough where you, you still took about two weeks where you just kind of backed off a little bit. I think you'll still be there because it's so fresh. It just happened. And you've heard fighters who've said that. It's just like, hey, I just had a fight a few weeks ago, man. And, you know, I was still in shape and, you know, I was just ready to go. They didn't have a training camp. So, right. But mentally, you can always stay in the game. You can still visualize and really think about it and you just yeah. really see yourself still going over those things. And, you know, even just doing the movements just while you're just not necessarily doing it with another opponent or whatever, just going over it in your head, going over it in your head, because a lot of times the brain does not know the difference. It does yeah. not know the difference whether you're physically actually doing it or whatever. You just tell the brain this is it. and It's making it very familiar. So therefore, it's not a surprise when, right. when it happens again. Yeah. Mark Phillippe always said that he would do these. He didn't believe in visualization as effective as in you just do visualization. Right. Where he, where he said it's effective is, for example, in a strongman competition, let's say he has to load up the stones in a certain way. Right. So he, he would go through the pattern of how he's going to do that mm-hmm. so that he can do it quickly when he actually does it in real practice. So when he's so when he's out there, he's not thinking about, okay, let me put this stone here, let me put this one here. He's already visually gone through that in his head, so now mm-hmm. it's more automatic when he gets out there and does it. Yeah. It's not it's not going to improve performance in the sense of like I, I can think about deadlifting a PR all day long. <laughs> right. But, but, but it's either there or it isn't. Right. 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 If I go into the gym, in other words, I'm either in the prime I've either <laughs> peaked I've either peaked things properly where it's there or I haven't. And if you have it, you're going to know regardless of how much visualization. Yeah, you as soon as you touch that bar, <laughs> you just know, like, you know. <laughs> and your brain's going like, well, look, man, all I was doing was projecting and showing you the picture. I didn't say it was going to actually happen. It's just like it, to my here in, my, in, the, in the brain, this worked out great. Now the rest of your body needs to get on board with me. <laughs> That's the only thing about it. So I, mean, I, I thought about being at the Playboy Mansion one time, and you know that never <laughs> happened. You know, so some things, some things you can visualize all you want. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> but but where where it will help is the setup, right? Mm-hmm. Because for example, with the deadlift again, there's so much technique with it where you visualize how you're going to set up, where the bar is going to be, where you're going to be looking, how your shins should be, shins should be placed. So that when you get to the gym and execute, now it's automatic. You're not thinking about those things or forgetting something where right after you finish a workout and the drive home, you're thinking, that's what I did wrong. I forgot to load up this way. This right. happens to me all the time when I first started doing deadlift seriously. I would I would forget these little cues. And then after the workout, I remember it. I'm like, oh, great. So now yeah. what I do is I visualize before, sometimes the night before, sometimes the morning before. I right. go, okay, remember steps one two three four five so that when you get there it's good to go right. is that something you do clarence yeah, i was about to ask you clarence like how does that play a part even when you start 
when you're advancing your training, when you're getting older, you know, does that still become very important as far as visualizing just even the setup and the preparation for your training? Because, you know, there's some people that say, okay, that sounds like a young man's game for somebody that trains all the time. But let's go back to what Clarence was talking about. You know, let's go back to this training, you know, intensely for, you know, twice a week. So I probably don't have to worry about all this thinking of trying, mentally setting it up. Whereas I think in between that time is probably a good time. But, you know, I just want to know what's your opinion on that. I think that I think that never changes. Going back to this guy with Parkinson's disease, what the, what brought him out of this was he started analyzing in his brain exactly the motions, like he would analyze walking, or he would analyze bringing a, a, a cup of tea up to your up to your mouth. Mm. And he found that if he would do things just a little bit differently, instead of the pathway that he usually did. That, that, he, that the Parkinson didn't impair what he did. So he analyzed how he was walking and visualization, like you're saying, apparently was a big part in him controlling his disease. He didn't completely cure it, but he did control it. So I think going through it in your mind so you don't have to think about it, figure it out how you're doing it, it's automatic. It's like doing the Olympic lifts. If you're doing a, a squat snatch, Man, if it's not automatic, it's not going to be there because it's too <laughs> right. fast. There's no time to think about it. <laughs> so analyzing these things is, is certainly right. The mind has displays a, a part in in many wonderful ways. Even even with public speaking, right? You go through. Like I'm never someone who memorizes a speech or I have a bunch of notes, but I'll go through how I how how I want things to play out. Like how I'm going to start, the energy I want to convey, etc. So that when I'm up there, it's not brand new. And I've always found that to be effective. But I think it also helps with keeping your mind healthy because you're thinking about these things all the time. You know, That's the message I want people to hear is one of the reasons why working out is so good for your brain, especially if you're pursuing performance, is that you're constantly thinking about how to achieve that performance. It's not this linear path. You're trying things. They're not working. You're figuring out solutions. Problems are arising. You're blasting through them. It's a lot of mental work. <laughs> what you're what you're talking about is making the speech. It, I, I I could never read a speech, but if you get the general idea of kind of a train of thought that you're trying to present, I think that it, it works a lot better for me. I don't think I could memorize a speech, but I can memorize a series of ideas that are right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's, reading a speech to me is too much like, you know, playing by the rules. It's like stick to the script. And that already is a problem for me. That's just never been the guy that I was. I'm like, I like to have room to improvise. I like to have room for creativity. And I don't want to be at the mercy of just that piece of paper and the words on it and sticking to them. Plus, how effing boring is that? Okay. And how authentic can you be if it's not boring? It's like, okay, are you really that funny? Was it written to be funny? You know, you're still going to have to work on that delivery to make something entertaining or funny. And a lot of times people are not. They're not good at it. It. So, especially, especially when the speech is so nascent, where it's like, "Hello, folks, how you doing today?" <laughs> it's just like, like "Okay, did you really? Did you really have to read that?" <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, let's, let's make sure we write that down so we don't forget. <laughs> be sure to greet the audience. Like, did he have to be told to do that? Really? <laughs> when, when you see someone read a speech, or when you see someone where they're just every word is measured, it's boring, like you said. It's like let loose, man. Exactly. <laughs> loosen man. up. I remember I was at this fitness business summit that uh, Bedros put on a while back, 
and I'm watching all these these speakers, and, and some of them are pretty good, but mo- most of them are very controlled and safe and measured. Stick to the when, PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so when I went up there, I was like, I'm gonna go hardcore, <laughs> man. These, these people aren't gonna know what hit them. No PowerPoint presentation. I'm not wearing a suit and tie because I'm a fitness guy. Why would I wear a suit? <laughs> <laughs> That's always funny to me when these guys show up these conferences. Like, why are you wearing a suit? Do you work out in a suit? What, what are you <laughs> yeah, doing? <laughs> exactly. like, one guy's like, I greet people at the gym in a suit. I was like, okay, great. So now you look like a car salesman at the gym. <laughs> I'm sure that's not intimidating. It's like it's less intimidating. It's like why would I want to see a guy that looks like a, an accountant at the gym? So anyway, so I get up there in my jeans and a t-shirt, and I just go. I just made these Howard Stern-like jokes and just went hardcore, and, and people loved it. Everyone, all, every, all of a sudden, everyone started sitting up in their chairs. You know, I'm shouting at points. I'm like slamming the table, making points. And this, none of this was contrived. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I'm going to do all this stuff. I just, I just let loose, so whatever came out, came out. So there was a level of authenticity to that, right. and people appreciate that. Yep. <laughs> kind of like preparing for this interview. If I would have tried to plan what I was going to do, it would have been impossible. Because I didn't know what the hell you are going to ask. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what we do, man. Everything up. That's exactly what we do. It's so like, funny you said that because people, people go, oh, you sent us a list of questions. I go, no, because no. We, honestly, Clarence, a lot of times we don't even know what we're going to talk about until we get you on because it's organic. My attitude is like, sincere is an interesting guy. You're an interesting guy. I'm an interesting guy. We're going to have a good conversation. So we don't have to be all contrived going into this. You know, I got this set of 10 questions I'm going to ask you, Clarence, and then we're going to stick to this. Okay. And I, I hope these questions are okay. Please go through these questions and let me know if these are appropriate or not. No, man. It's like, it's our show. And it's just like real simple. It's like, look, man, be, I hate when people ask us when we come on their show. It's like, okay, man. So, um, I'm going to send you some questions. Like, no, don't. Don't send me questions. Well, you know, we just want to make sure we keep control of the show. I'm like, dude, I, I've done this for over 20 plus years. I can tell when things are veering off and I can bring it back. I said, trust me. I, I, as Mike said, uh, like Andrew Dice Clay, trust me. I got this. Okay. So, and if it doesn't, if it veers off, who cares? Because you're, the audience wants some people who are going to be, like I said, they're going to be authentic. And that's the thing about it. They don't, they can see right through a phony. They can tell when you're making, I mean, when you sit there and you have just the right answer for everything, you know, especially women. Women hate that because they'll tell you if you're that guy that, you know, every time they say something, you've got a line just for every little thing. Like, oh, my God, you've got all the answers, huh? (laughs) When she says that, she's not complimenting you guys. (laughs) Okay, there's a hint of sarcasm there. That guy's like, oh, thanks. Thank you. Darn right I do. See, there you go. (laughs) Now, now let's get into your diet, Clarence. I mean, we talked about that last time, but I'm always interested in what you're modifying with your nutrition regimen. Is there is there anything that you've modified since the last time we spoke to you? No, not really. Uh, I think people they make diet too too complicated. It's not really very complicated. You kind of alluded to this earlier that the only kind of diet or training program you're going to stick with is one that you enjoy. Right. So you can't you can't cut calories back or until you make yourself uncomfortable and feel hungry all the time. It's not going to work. It might work if you have a contest coming up, but after the right. contest, it's Katie bar the door. Yeah. Um, and, if, and if you think about, there's they, they just not long ago came out with the new government uh, recommendations for, for diet. And instead of having specific servings of certain different things, they start. They've started talking more about about the whole pattern, the whole diet, the whole everything. Everything you eat, and then have to help 
foods relate to one another. So there, people are much more thinking about that. If you think about eating whole foods, foods the way they came in nature, where they have the water and they have the fiber, so it's going to fill you up. You have to choose, so it takes a while to get the food down. Your stomach has a chance to signal your brain it's had enough. And if you think about a balanced diet, you need carbohydrates, you need avoiding refined carbohydrates, but you need fruit, vegetables, grains, whole foods, and then you need you need some protein, but you can get most of that from animal products, from milk, from um, eggs, fish, that's where I get most of mine. And then the thing that is, I think, oftentimes overlooked is you do need fat in your diet. Yeah. Uh, that, that your your body requires, there are certain fats that your body can't make. You have to get them from outside. That's the omega-3s that you hear about so much. Right, right. And there have been studies coming out just saying, shocking people, that, that saturated fats are not all bad. In fact, they haven't been able to find a connection between saturated fat and heart disease. But there are certain kinds of saturated fats that are, that are bad, those are more the refined, the trans fats, or fats from fried food, things right. like that. Right. But that, like the fat in whole milk, is actually a good fat, and it's and it's associated with with health. And I've been drinking skim milk for a long time, and after that study, talking about organic whole milk and having this this, this fat in it, that was a good fat. I started going back to drinking whole milk, and actually it made my, my HDL, my good cholesterol, go up, where it's now, I don't know if I talked about that, that the last time we talked, but it's now it's now up in the 80s. Wow, that's really good. Just out of sight. Yeah. Because I want you to have your, your good cholesterol above 40, 60 yeah. is really good. Yeah. Mine was 60 for a long time. And when I started adding some fat, more vegetable oils, got up into the 70s. And when I started adding this whole milk back in there, it got up into the 80s. The last last was was the 80, 84 or 85, I think. Yeah. So this 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 whole pattern of healthy eating, but sticking to the whole foods, but understanding you got to have all of the three main um, macronutrients. And you've got to eat enough where you feel full and satisfied if you eat or eat the right right kind of foods and exercise. It becomes very difficult to overeat. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And I, I had a similar benefit with coconut milk and coconut butter for HDL cholesterol went up quite a bit. Total cholesterol went up too, which I'm not concerned about because that's important for hormonal health. But the HDL-LDL ratio was definitely improved. So, I mean… Yes. That's what people people need to look at the the fine lines here. Sometimes they look at total cholesterol and they get worried. Right. Was, even if total cholesterol is two forty, two fifty, even then I'm not too worried if HDL LDL ratio is good. It's more the VLDL that I don't want to see high. So anyway, it's just you don't want to major or minor things. Sometimes people get overly fixated. And other times people go, look how much lower my total cholesterol is. But when you look at the HDL <laughs> right. to HDL to LDL, HDL to LDL ratio, it's really bad. Like their HDL went down, just plummeted. So they're better off with that higher cholesterol level and the better ratio between the good and bad cholesterol. One thing that I liked about the HDL is the effect of lifestyle on it. Yes. You really can't control that with medication. It more you do that more with exercise and active living and eating the, the good fats. 
Right. I think, I mean, I agree with what you're saying. And I've always preached the balance of macronutrients. I think where people shut off when they hear that is that it's not exciting, right? People want to hear high this, low this, low this, high that. Or avoid these. They, they, they want to be extremes. So it's like, let's cut out all carbohydrates. Like, excess carbohydrates is bad. So let's just cut out it all completely. Well, I don't eat any fats at all. <laughs> you know, I, you know we, I know someone like that. Like, you know, I... My my cholesterol is really bad. I feel really bad, and I'm always run down. I know I need to eat fast, but I just I'm afraid to eat fast. I'm like, huh? What? What? And so it's just like you know, one thing about food, you know, or one thing about breathing. Like I know I need to breathe, but you know I, I don't want to just suck in the bad air and and smell things. And but so I just don't like to breathe. Cause well, let, let me let me guess this here. This person is fat. This person. In no, believe it. No, this oh, is really? she's on the far extreme of that. She is very. I mean, on the outside, you would think if you didn't know any better. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, she's so in shape. She works out. She, I mean, she's in her late 50s, and, you know, she's ripped and all this body fat's really low. When You know, we've had a discussion about that, you know. So, but even though, you know, like I, I told her, I was like, well, I'm pretty sure your hormones are probably suffering. She goes, oh, yeah, they're, they're shot. They're shot to crap. But just, and I know I just, one thing would help with that. I know it's eating fat, but I'm just so, she's, again, is there, there's that thing we were talking about, about eating disorders, no matter where you are in life. You know, you trade one eating disorder for the other. And that's what's happened. She's been, you know, she used to be a competitive fitness, you know, competitor as well. And so that was about 20 years ago. But that mindset is in there now. That bodybuilder mindset is in there, that old school way of thinking as far as bodybuilders and, and fitness competitors. And she can't shake it, you know. And so she's so afraid of fat and she knows she needs to do it. But it's just like, okay, well, you know, again, just like with anyone else, because it's not sexy what we're talking about as far as what Clarence just talked about, just with, with eating and all that. It's not sexy. But here's a problem, most folks. And I said this on someone else's podcast. Everyone pretty much knows what they need to do. Most of them just choose not to because they need the entertainment value in this thing. They, right. All this should be entertaining and making them feel good all the time. It should be something that's just like, oh, my God, I love this. I love this. I love this. Hell, you know, living another day. I love that. <laughs> you know, that's more exciting to me than, oh, I'm on this diet, an extreme diet. I've, I don't do this and I don't do that. Like, you know, I'm not worrying about what I don't do and what I don't consume. I like the fact that I breathe every day and I feel good, you know, but that doesn't sound sexy. It doesn't sound extreme enough. I'm like living is very extreme. Well, death, my, my death is easy. Uh, okay. So the truth is always in the performance. Right? Yeah, in the, exactly. That, that's, that's the one good thing about working out hard is that. <laughs> If your workouts are suffering, your nutrition program ain't working. Yeah, don't blame the workout. Okay. Like when people tell me like, oh, this, this vegan diet doesn't work. And I was like, well, why am I getting stronger every year then? Well, you're different, Mike. So you're it different. Be, it may not work for everybody, but it work, I always say, look, I don't know if it works for everybody, but it works for me. You're not going to sustain it as long as I have. You're not going to sustain it for 20 plus years if it doesn't work. You know, just like people can't sustain most diets for a few months because right. it doesn't work for them. A few what weeks. Doing a few days. Working. What are you talking about? It's like they do it for four <laughs> days and then the weekend comes up. It's like, oh, oh, well, I'll start back again on Monday. Like I tell everybody, every Monday is January 1st. Okay, it's like Groundhog's Day, but it's actually January 1st instead of February 2nd. Because every Monday, everybody's going to start back on their diet. And it's, it's good for about four days. Then comes Friday, and now I'm saying, you know what? I can start back up on Monday. It's like, like, damn, really? How many more well, Mondays some, some do you need? Some people have, uh, they're somewhat delusional, though, right? <laughs> like, like for example, I know someone in the neighborhood who just started the paleo diet. Now, I have my reservations about the paleo diet, but this person said, oh, the, I, I I started yesterday and I felt terrible. It's a diet. You're detoxing. Come on. Yeah, It's not because you cut out grains that you're feeling <laughs> terrible, right? Like paleo, meat, vegetables, fruits. I mean, that's not bad. So it's, it's not, you know, it's. 
in one day you're not going to feel terrible because of the diet, right? <laughs> you know? I was like, come on now. That's just like Robert Downey Jr. in the, in the 90s going to rehab. Was like, I went to rehab today and I felt terrible. Well, dude, that's because you didn't have any coke today, <laughs> okay? <laughs> so, oh, man. I, I just – I mean, has this been something you've experienced, Clarence? You know, having been in the, in the industry for so long, you just see all these different extremes coming and going constantly. <laughs> I think that a lot of people reject what I say because they say it's too simple. That, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it just couldn't be true. And I think if anybody's proved that it's true, I have after training for 65 years. Uh, I, I, since we did did our last interview, we've completely revised our website. So it just it's, you go on it, you'll be surprised about oh. how much simpler it is or the... the uh, the index page used to go on and on and on. It was good because it illustrated everything that was on the website. Everything is there. Just you can click if you just go down to it. But now we condensed uh, the the index page to where it's much shorter. There's a lot more photos, and and every page has a navigation box so you can get to any place on the website from any page, any other page. And we have now well over 400 articles on the website, and some of them in 10 different categories, but some of them were in more than one category, so we ended up having over 1,000 articles that was listed. It's in 10 categories. So what we did was we, we pulled out the top 10 articles in each of the 10 categories, so we highlight those. So the page, when they come down, they can go down to the like the diet, there's 10, 10 categories. The first one is diet and nutrition. So they click on diet and nutrition. And then it has these top 10 articles, who are really pivotal articles. And some of them are some of the very first articles I wrote when we started the website in 1996. <laughs> and then on the other side, all of the other articles. So it, it, it helps them to find what they're looking for. So we've done that with all of the 10 articles. And we've also revised and expanded the training pictorial, which has been there all along, pictures of me over the course of my training career. And the pictures now go from 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 fifteen to seventy seven. But we have we have added much more there must be maybe forty pictures going along all through the course of the training career. I think it's just people like it a lot because I tried to have a variety of photos, not all the same angle photos from all different angles, activity photos as well as physique photos, photos with my wife, photos uh, out in the foothills. People really like it. And we have a, uh, a professor from the University of Texas. Her name is Juanine Spurduso. She's written a book called The, the Physical Dimensions of Aging. She's one of the world's greatest experts on the effect of uh, of exercise on aging, and she's put me in her textbook last couple of editions. But we have a wonderful comment from her at the, on the top of this this pictorial page about about the fact that I've documented and showing what the effect of exercise can be on the aging process over a lifetime. And it's just very positive. It's a wonderful thing to get her to say that. And she said people will be studying this for <laughs> until the end of time, and probably nobody else will ever do it again. Not so much what I did, but to document it. So we're really excited about the new website. 
Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It looks yeah, great. Yeah, me too. looks much more organized. I actually redid my website, too, and make it much more easy to navigate, make it simpler as well. So that's a smart approach. It's good, it's good to upgrade things as you go along as well because technology is changing all the time. Your website can get lost in the shuffle <laughs> if it's not updated. Yeah. I, I, was, I was so busy focusing on writing new articles and keeping up with the new stuff that we kind of lost track of just It was just getting so humongous that <laughs> right. just people just didn't know what the hell to do with it. They come on there and they see <laughs> that's a great picture, but how do I find it? They throw up their hands and they go back to somebody on Facebook or someplace else. I, was just <laughs> I think we have more to offer now than, I think I have more to offer than any time in my life. It's just I have so much information. And, we, and you guys are the kind of people that are helping us get it out there and tell people about it. And I'm certainly delighted to be on with you. You guys have so much energy and you seem to know something about almost everything that comes up. Oh, it's great having you on. It's also great to hear you say that because exactly. one, one of your fans said we interrupted you too much last time you were on. And I was like, you know what? I doubt Clarence was mad. <laughs> I was like, Clarence didn't give us any negative feedback, so I don't care about your negative feedback. You know, if but, Clarence emailed me afterwards and said we interrupted him too much, then I'd feel bad. <laughs> but, you know, here's what I find hilarious. So during this entire time, Clarence is talking about the thousands of articles that he's written, and he had to kind of weed those out. And and it's funny that he touched on this right before I could say this, that, you know, it got to the point where, you know, it goes back to my philosophy of when you give people a lot of choices, you pretty much give them no choices. And they pretty much would throw their hands up and head over to Facebook and go to the latest new guru out there. I said, I find it funny that here's a guy who's been training for 65 plus years, has over a thousand plus articles. And I mean, well researched. I mean, listen to some of the studies he's still bringing up. And yet you have some of these 20 year olds who's like written a blog post. And now all of a sudden they're a fitness expert. You know, and they even put in their name. So now even their Facebook name is, you know, you know, Jack the Fitness Guru Sprat. <laughs> you know, it's like, really, dude? You've been on this earth. You haven't been, you weren't even around when the last Clinton was in office, I mean, that ran for office. So the first time. So what, what, why are you an expert all of a sudden after a couple of blog posts? And how well researched are you? Most of the time they're regurgitating <laughs> their, their fitness heroes who's actually probably been in the industry for maybe five years. You know, so it's, it's real funny like that, man. But then these are the ones that the question you, Clarence, about, well, what you're talking about with diet and training, I mean, two hardcore days a week and just really keeping it simple with your diet, you know, well balanced. Oh, that's, well, you know, that's too simple. It can't, it's gotta be better than that. That's just way too simple. And they, they question you. <laughs> well, no, no one who works out hard wants to hear do less. Right? Like, God forbid. Me all the time, like I'm working out six days a week. I'm tired all the time. It's not working out. What do you think I should do? I was like, do less. I work out hard. I do two hard strength training workouts per week. I do two high level conditioning workouts per week, and that's it. And, and then like, people are like, that's it. I was like, well, look. What about the other days, found. Mike? You got three I've more days in the week. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've always found if I try adding in more things, more complexity, the whole machine breaks down. The right. whole wheel breaks. You know, a wheel can only have so many spokes. So I mean, <laughs> it's it's you, it's sometimes you sometimes when you're on a roll, you think, man, if I just added more, I'd, right. I'd, this this wheel would roll even faster. Yeah. And the reality is, now you hit a wall. Because you just got greedy, right? It's like that yeah. old story about the, the goose laying the golden eggs. Like, well, man, I'm just going to cut this goose open and get all the eggs. Like, no. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, my friend. But you know what's interesting, Clarence? I always say, look, the results are always right in front of you or they're not. And here's what I mean by that. Sometimes people will come to me and say, what do you think about this? I'm like, well, look at the person espousing that. What do you think about that person? 
They're like, well, it doesn't look that great. I was like, there you go. The results, or lack thereof, are right in front of you. So look at Clarence Bass versus someone like Lauren Cordain, you know, the godfather of the paleo stuff. Does he have great results? I don't think so. doesn't mean that old paleo people don't, but he definitely doesn't. That's my point. This guy's always on news programs talking about the benefits of the paleo. Guy's been (laughs) overweight every single time I've seen him in an interview, and he looks too red. I don't know how else to describe it. But anyway, look at someone like Clarence. The guy's been in shape. Ever since I, I mean, long before I knew him, forget it. I've known you, Clarence, since what, like 2002. But you were in great shape then. You're in great shape now. You're in great shape before I was born. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, obviously, what you're doing is working. So the results are right in front of you. So I don't understand why it's not more compelling to listen to someone like you than someone where they don't even have good results personally. Well, I've said for a long time that your body reflects your lifestyle. And- <laughs> exactly what you're saying i think that's absolutely true yeah P- paul check said that you should be able to you should be able to do a, a consult in your underwear <laughs> now <laughs> i'm not doing a consult and that's just not gonna happen I'm not gonna you know? unless it's a phone consult then it's different <laughs> <laughs> but clarence i get the impression that you would have no problem doing that. <laughs> oh man as a matter of fact, we're, we're, we're being forced to get Skype to where, you know, they can see me during the interview. And we're, have you heard of Vic, uh, Vic Drayson, who's got a podcast? It's been, he does one, one once a week. He's from out in California, one of the original Gold Gym guys. Okay. okay. And so... Uh, we're supposed to get it set up for Skype later on in the week. I probably wouldn't have done that if I hadn't had a specific need, but it's going to be interesting to see that, how that... Oh, come on, Clarence. I, I asked you to get on Skype, and, and Carol said, just call. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, we've been doing that for a long time, and I probably wouldn't have done it if that was kind of the way that he did it. Oh, well, there you go. I should have been more adamant. <laughs> <laughs> The main thing I do is, is, is to do low-level exercise. A low-level exercise is what is what helps you recover and build from your workout. That's why it's so important to have the rest period uh, between workouts. you got to give your body time to, to adjust. The workout is breaking down your, your, uh, your, your muscle tissue, using up the glycogen in your muscles, and you have to give your body a time to, to put this back in. But it's not better. You can't just sit down and expect that to happen. It works better if you're moving and makes that happen because you're making your blood circulate and blood circulating to all parts of your body, including your brain. So I, as we have focused on before, that is a very that the acti- the low level but continuous activity level between workouts is very important. Uh, I don't know if that answers your question or not. But I've been thinking about that for a very long time, and that's, of course, the whole idea of the of the less is more. You do harder, but when you do harder, it takes longer to re- recover, so you have to do it less often. Right. Now, anything you do, do you do meditation or anything like that? Do you do any measures for deep sleep? How, how important is sleep quality for you? Sleep quality is very important. I think the main thing is just being able to settle your mind down uh, before you go to bed. Right, because uh, I, you know, if something's on your mind. You, if you wake up, you get to thinking about it, and then you can't stop thinking about it. 
sometimes I do wake up, I'm thinking about an article or something I'm doing, and I make a point to have a, a notepad by the bed so I can write it down and then forget about it until in the morning. Uh, another thing is kind of along the same, it's not exactly what you're saying, but it's along the same same idea, and it's an article that's, a new article that's on the website right now, and it's about having a purpose in life mm-hmm. being very important, and that you're more productive, you live longer, you're healthier, and when I read that study, the first thing I thought about was something, I'm not sure if I heard it directly from Bill Pearl or read about it, but I know I got it from Bill Pearl, and he said one of the best a piece of advice that he ever got from his father was to try to do something worthwhile every day, even if it was only just to cut the grass. Yeah. And, and I think that's that's a mindset. If I if I get up in the morning, I want to I try to have a plan. What am I going to do today? What how am I going to be productive that day? And if I don't have that 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 idea, I I feel down. I need to get up with a plan and. There's a number of different studies. It's a surprising article about how many different studies that that demonstrate this idea that purposeful living, living with the purpose, uh, having something that you believe in. Uh, I'm very lucky to have. You know, I'm at an age where people are retiring and think they want to go out, go to pasture. But I'm actually, <laughs> in a way, living faster than before because I'm coming up with these things and writing about them. So I have a purpose. I have something to do every day. Right. So I think from the mindset that that's very important, and now they're able to make the connection between how long you live and how healthy you are based on purposeful living promotes life. Uh, that was another exciting thing that, I, that I've come on, and the, your mindset, your, well, I don't do any, any visualization or anything. Um, I do think there's something to it. But I think this purposeful living kind of does the same thing. I think it's no, it does. I mean, the, the whole yeah. purpose of how important it is. Yeah, yeah. the whole per, per point of visualization is to derive more purpose. So I think you're just beating it to the punch. Now, purpose is important. I think the worst thing someone can do is retire. You be like, I'm not going to do anything more. I'm just going to do nothing. If you don't have purpose, there's no reason to keep going. Even with animals, I've rescued older dogs before, and a lot of these older dogs were just demoralized. They're in the shelter. They probably wouldn't have lasted months there. Within weeks of having them, they have they're now they're part of a pack, they're part of a group, they're going on walks daily, they're getting good food, they're in a, a warm environment. It gives them new purpose. I, I have two dogs that are fifteen and they're both thriving. I absolutely believe that. Retirement is death. <laughs> yeah. Unless you have something to do with your retire. Exactly. So many people don't. They don't they know, they think, man, I'm gonna retire. Well, well, some, what am I going to do? No, yeah, well, usually end up I being more depressed. Once, the, yeah, more, they, there's been studies that show that a lot of times when people retire, man, they end up becoming depressed, and their health fails a lot faster once they retire because you spent your whole life with. Even if your purpose is to wake up every day and go work, work hard at your job, and 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 do that, and come back home and and be the breadwinner and all that, that gave you something each and every day. For a lot of people, it's, it's drudgery in that, but some people, you know, it gets them going. So they do that for like 40 years. And then at the end of that 40 years, you know, you're presented with a watch and a pat on the back and say, thank you for your service. Bye bye. And, you know, and now it's very anticlimactic because you're like, OK, I worked all those years 
to get a freaking watch and told and get a going away party and some cake. And now what? You know, and a lot of them, you know, losing their 401ks and all that. So it becomes a very, it becomes this downward spiral from there because a lot of times they didn't actually prepare for retirement. And I think the word that's missing from retirement for a lot of people is an active retirement. You know, God forbid someone throw the word active in the world. I'm older. I don't want to be active. I want to just relax and chill and just sit around. Like, why? Why, dude? Why are you trying to die faster? <laughs> okay. So again, it's just the active part of retirement. And that's just, you can do that now. You know, so many entrepreneurs are in a position to do that now. There are people who work for people who can do that now. You can still have active retirements now, many retirements where, you know, you're not just busting your ass every day, almost 365 days a year. You can actually set yourself up to where you can actually like, like I said, I've mentioned this on the show before, have a staycation where that weekend is just like, I mean, you treat it like you've traveled somewhere else, you know, and, and be active right there at home. Those little things help. It revigorates you, man. It gets you yeah. going. Little things like that. But people, again, it sounds so simple that it's complicated. There's just no way I can stay at home and treat like I'm in Bermuda and, you know, and actually that's going to benefit me. I need to actually go to Bermuda. I need to save and work, work, work and earn me some vacation days. But then by the time you get them, all you want to do is spend the vacation days sleeping in. <laughs> so, yeah, again, it goes back to that. You well, know, I mean, I think I think it's all it's all very simple, though. right? I mean, if you if you don't take charge of your life, it's because you don't want to take charge. It's a of choice. Your life. And then true. you're going to suffer the consequences. So that's why I think motivation is an illusion. I said, why do you why why do you need why do you need motivation to be strong and powerful? Isn't being strong and powerful enough? You know, right. people, people just crack me up, man. It's Tomorrow. like, oh, I need motivated to work harder. It's like, no, you need to find something you're actually passionate. <laughs> and there about. it is. Tomorrow, they, they forget the word inspire. You know, you need to be inspired. You know, maybe you want to be inspired, and it doesn't necessarily have to be from someone else. It's like, you know what? One of my best friends just passed away. You know, last week. That's inspiration for me to get up off my ass and do something, you know, because I enjoy my life here with them. I'm not trying to enjoy the afterlife anytime soon with them. You know, I want to be here to remember him, carry on the legacy or whatever else. So I want to be inspired. Like if I've been sitting on my butt and I'm not taking care of myself and being, in, you know, training or anything like that, that's going to make me really like, you know what? You know, the whole illusion that I have time, that's an illusion. Well, I've got time. I got plenty of time to get that done. You know, and there are people probably looking at Clarence now like, well, Clarence, it's obvious, you know, looking at Clarence that I don't have to start working out today. I can start anytime now. I mean, look at him. Like, no, the guy's been doing it for 65 plus years. He didn't just wake up at the retirement, quote unquote, age and he's like, eh, now I'll start kind of moving around and doing something. Well, but, that's the other thing <laughs> I wanted to ask Clarence, man. I'm glad you brought that up because Clarence, here's, here's the thing. You have been a guy who has been committed to health and fitness pretty much your whole life as far as I know. I mean, I don't think you've ever been overweight and out of shape at any point in your life. So what do, what do you tell someone who is, let's say, 55, 60, who's never worked out, they're out of shape, and they're coming to you and going, I want to look just like you. Is it possible for someone to get to you who's never been fit? People like you and Steve Maxwell, you guys have always been fit, and now you look great because you, you've maintained this lifelong commitment to fitness. But what about someone who hasn't, and now they're in their golden years, and they want they think they can get to your level? Well, I don't know if they can get to my level or not, but I there certainly is things they can do. Right. The, the thing that they ask about, that they ask is, how long is it going to take? <laughs> of course, that's the wrong, wrong question. Yes, <laughs> right. Because you can't just, this is not, this has to be a lifetime, a continuous thing. And that the biggest mistake people make is they get in a big hurry. So they do exercise that's way too much that makes them tired, that makes them hurt. And they go on a, on, a, on a diet which makes them hungry and uncomfortable. So you got, 
tell them, and, and in fact, there's an article on our website called uh, Why New Year's Re- Resolutions Don't Work. I've referred, when we do uh, telephone consultations, I oftentimes tell people to read that because it, it explains why New Year's resolutions don't work. And it's kind of what I just said. So you've got to start slow, and just like the guy with the Parkinson's got, got, a disease guy, when, when he cut back to just doing a slow, a certain amount, which was seemed like almost nothing, but then he built it up over time. So you, 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 have, you build success on success on success, and you do that both with your exercise and with your diet. So people come to me, and I can absolutely help them. But, again, sometimes I think they're turned off because what I say sounds too easy. It's supposed to be hard. Yeah. Well, if you do it right, you want to keep doing it because you get this positive feedback. The biggest motiva- motivator is positive feedback, success. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I want them to have success on success. Say so you bite off too much and you fail, and a lot of people say, well, it's too hard, I can't do it, so they give up and they go back to doing what they were doing before. So what I tell them to do is, you know, here's what to do, and we're going to go slow, and we'll take it one at a time, success, 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 plan for success. Sure, and there's hope for anybody. People can just make it be amazing what they can do if they'll just stick to it. Right, and they, and they don't have to get to your level for it to be a success either. That's the other thing people need to consider. Absolutely, I, I, you I don't, I don't success based compare success based on yourself. Right. Sure that you're competing with yourself, you're getting better. It's not exactly. trying to be as good as Mike Mahler or or me or right. sincere, but getting right. better than, than they were before. So each day is better than it was before. There's nothing more motivating than that. I mean what what it always comes down to the um, UFC Matt Brown, he was on our show and he had he had a statement that gave me a lot to ponder about, which is the truth always comes out, right? So if someone says they're the best fighter, the truth of that, one way or the other, is going to come out. Either they're going to go on and prove that, or they're going to lose a bunch of times and it's going to be disproven. And I think people's desires are similar. So someone says, I want to be fit, I want to be healthy, I want to feel strong. Okay, we're going to find out whether that's true or not. Most of the time, it's not true because people give up. And they never try it again. That means they didn't really care about it. I think that's the real problem with goals is when people do something because they think they should, but deep inside, they don't really care about seeing it to fruition. What they need to do is find something that they enjoy and and something that they can do well and not focus on their weaknesses, but focus on their strengths. Right. And so it's it's, it's a – you've got to – think about it and plan it that's that's kind of the big deal about our, my latest book the take charge book i know yeah. i mentioned this before sure but about how many different options how many different ways to do this they don't have to do it the way that i did it or the way that you guys do it there's right. many different ways to do it there are just a few basic ideas basic principles you need to follow but you can do that and and do those comply with those principles in many different ways and science is showing us more and more ways to to become fit. And there's many different diets that work. There's not just one right diet. So if you, if you open your eyes, and, and there's a way for almost everybody, and if you approach it properly, I think everybody can improve, including me. Yeah, no doubt. Well, hey, I think that's a great point to leave off. Thanks again for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Wealth of knowledge. I love talking to you guys. You're just 
so energetic and just you're just you're just full of it. Whatever it is, you got it. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank Your you. website is the letter C B A S S dot com. So it's C Bass, but not. Not the, Not the kind you can order from a Japanese restaurant. Okay. <laughs> right, that's it. That's it. Great. We'll put a put it in our news category and uh, try to help us all. Sounds awesome. great. We appreciate it. That, thanks very much. I really enjoyed talking to you guys. Are really great. Thanks again, thanks, Clarence. Clarence. Appreciate it. you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care. And that's again. That's our friend Clarence Bass. Check out his book, Take Charge. Check out the new website, which looks great. And like I said, I mean. <laughs> He's got a thousand articles on there, and I've never read a bad article by Clarence. And I'm going to be honest; I haven't read all thousand, read <laughs> probably fifty or so. And there, he's got some great information over yeah. there. Think about Clarence is there's no bells and whistles. He's not going to use dramatic language to try to entice you, and that is a sign that he's legit. <laughs> right. So don't look at that as a sign that you shouldn't read his stuff. When people use all this crazy and language, clickbait. Like that. That's why yeah. the straight up clickbait. To my this one weird trick. If I see someone else. Start off an article with that. I, I probably would throat punch them right. <laughs> if I ever saw. I'm like this one weird trick to get away to get a, get rid of body fat in ten days. I'm like, okay, there's so many things wrong with that title. <laughs> it's just, yeah, just nine nine secrets never revealed. Yeah. <laughs> what are you, the CIA? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, yeah. you sound like a snitch. I don't know if I trust you, man. <laughs> Anytime I see the word secret, secret. I'm, I'm, I'm gone, man. Oh, I know. It, it was a crappy book. <laughs> like, don't give me this secret crap, all right? Good information. We I was are like, all noise. <laughs> Once again, for those of you listening, like, look, if you haven't headed over to Jason's GoFundMe page, do that, man. Like I said, let's do our part. You guys are doing your part. So you're definitely not any of those people we've been talking about. You guys really go that extra mile. We really appreciate that. And like I said, let's 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 help Jace kick cancer in his ass. We got this. We can we can help him out, folks. And I'm trying to pull back up, pull the GoFundMe link back up again. Look in the show notes from the Clarence episode and from now on until Jace kicks beats this thing. That link is gonna be in the show notes from now on, folks. So. Even though I don't have it pulled up right now in front of me, it's going to always be in the show notes. So just find yeah, it's right just uh, GoFundMe.com Z3SH4V4. Now, I don't expect anyone to, <laughs> to, to remember that and write it down. but So just go to the GoFundMe.com, and you can probably put in Jace's name. It may show up. But otherwise, just look at the show notes. So that's going to do it for this week, folks. Take, Take care, care, everyone.